What is up and welcome in. It's another edition of 10,000 Pitches, a podcast devoted to everything Minnesota soccer and beyond. My name is Jeremy Rushing. No updates to the podcast this week. There were updates and then there, there, it probably required updates to the updates with the amount of Minnesota <laughs> United news that broke last week. But uh, one updated segment before we actually posted the pod was enough for me. Um, but uh, none of that this week. Um, even if news breaks between now, Wednesday, and when uh, when we actually drop on Friday, I'm actually going to be out of town. So, sorry. It's not going to be updated on this week's episode. But either way, thank you so much for joining us. Again, episode 152 of the podcast. And joining me, as always, as he has done for more than half the episodes now, I would have to imagine, Mr. Dominic Jose Bisonio. Dom, how are we doing? Uh, doing well. Looking forward to, to chatting some very eventful sort of week and a half for Minnesota United and, yep. and some other sort of community stuff to chat about. Want to want to quickly remind people if they have a chance to go check on the site, uh, first of all, for the Minnesota United content that's out from the last week, but also for uh, my Soul of the Cities article, photo article that, that's out there as well. People should check out. But uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to talking. A lot of great stuff over at SotaSoccer.com, S-O-T-A Soccer.com. Um, if you're a big Minnesota United fan and you want Loons news uh, directly in your inbox every single day, consider subscribing to our Loons Daily Newsletter. It is free um, each day, just you know, some bite-sized, digestible Minnesota United content directly in your email inbox every day, Monday through Friday. Uh, courtesy of yours truly so uh, if you're a fan of the loons click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our loons daily newsletter as well uh in addition to checking out what we're doing obviously on the podcast feed here and over at sodasoccer.com and if you want to take that very next step and directly support the work we're doing every content creator that works for soda soccer is paid for their work paid fairly for their work so um if you would like to help contribute to that cause you can follow us over on patreon patreon.com slash soda soccer and support our work for as low as three dollars per month dom a lot of uh minnesota united news to get to on the field but we didn't get a chance to talk about some of the uh breaking news off the field that happened last week so let's take a quick kind of run through through that um i believe it was thursday that may have been the busiest day uh of news in the history of of me covering minnesota united because my goodness it started off with terrible news that Kervin Ariaga tore his uh, meniscus, his right meniscus in his knee, which is the exact same injury that Robin Ludd uh, suffered as well, both now out for the remainder of the season. But uh, Minnesota, you know, looking to uh, an old friend to sort of fill that void as right at the death, it seems, of the deadline, they're able to get a deal done to bring Jan Gregish back from Nashville uh, to Minnesota United, which is kind of a fun tie-in of, to what we'll talk about in just a little bit. Um, but so kind of a swap there, you're losing Ariaga for the rest of the season, but you do bring in a, again, a familiar face and Jan Gregush, uh, before we get to kind of anything that happened after that, um, what do you think of those, obviously losing Ariaga is not, losing Ariaga is not great, but, um, kind of, what do you think of, of bringing in Gregush as a, uh, as the replacement there? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously with Ariaga, that's, that's bad news um it's a player that you know even with some of the the bumps in the road that have come in the last year or so i think has a lot of potential a lot of talent uh so hopefully the recovery from that goes as as well as possible uh on, on the Jan Gregus part of the news yeah it's, it's kind of an interesting reunion um it, it's it's certainly a player that i think loons fans will know has has a lot of talent in him um and, and can can make big moments happen you know his previous 
tenure with the team, I, I think was was positive, although, although maybe not, you know, quite hitting the full potential, maybe uh, of of what people were hoping the the team and him would accomplish together. And so it's kind of interesting to see that reunion happen now. Uh, I, I want to say what he was at uh, what the earthquakes between these two terms, if I recall correctly. So Correct, yep. um, stayed in the league, stayed active. So it's it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, what that reunion looks like. I, I think it's exciting in the sense that if you're going to uh, sign an injury replacement for a, a key midfielder, John Gregorich is certainly on the higher level of the kind of player in MLS, at least, that you would you know hope your team would be able to grab. Uh, teams in MLS, including Minnesota, have certainly signed midfielders during midseason injury crises of lower quality <laughs> than John Gregorich. So, uh, in that sense, I think it's it's a positive move. It's a move that I I think puts a a pretty strong band aid on that injury situation. Uh, so definitely looking forward to seeing him uh, back on the field for Minnesota United. Originally signed as a DP, uh, Gregish lived up to that tag and more so uh, in 2019 and 2020 with his play. I mean, he was just lights out uh, next to Ozzy Alonso in that defensive midfield for those two seasons. And then in 2021, really did take a step back, fell down the depth chart a little bit. I think uh, when I looked at it, he only played 15 total games, made only nine starts. There weren't a ton of injury issues there with him as well. Um, so seemingly falling out of favor a little bit uh, with uh, whether it was just the coaching staff or uh, what it was, but there was something in that relationship that caused Jan to sort of be relegated to the bench after two great years uh, for the 2021 season. So it'll be interesting to see um, how that is sort of, how that is sort of resolved with his return here and what that relationship with Jan and the coaching staff is like. And honestly, um, once we get past leagues cup, because Gregish is cup tied to Nashville, so he cannot compete for Minnesota in the leagues cup. So we won't get to see him until after I'm really interested to see what his role is because trap Dotson seems to be the presumed uh, midfield pairing uh, with Ariaga being out. Um, well, you know, is Gregish just there seen as a, as a quality depth option or can he actually push one of those guys for one of those spots? I'm interested to see that too. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, and especially, I mean, you mentioned the cup type thing. That's why we haven't seen him in these immediate games since his signing, yep. but, but even just now watching this team play, knowing that he is in the mix overall, uh, I, it has occurred to me watching and thinking, all right, well, where does he fit in all this? Yep. Um, that's a question we just won't have an answer to for a while. But uh, at the very least, again, I think uh, this is a this is a guy that clearly has a lot of talent. Like you said, he's had some really great seasons in MLS at, at his peak. Um, so having that as an option, having that as somebody that's going to be trying to to fight into the mix for your eleven, uh, I, I think is good for the team. Whether or not he ends up starting a lot of games or or is more of a substitute. All right, uh, let's move on to some of the more recent Minnesota United headlines on to the Leagues Cup quarterfinals for the Loons. Uh, shootout victories in Columbus in the round of 32 and at home over Toluca in the round of 16. Um, Bongi notching three more goals over these two matches. He is now level with one Lionel Messi for the lead in the tournament golden boot race. Each player has seven goals as they are both through to their finals. Uh, Hassani Dotson with a very late equalizer to keep the loons alive in Columbus before they won in PKs. And then Minnesota making it interesting at, at home, as always, uh, blowing a 2-0 second-half lead against Toluca, but did end up rallying in PKs. Dane St. Clair, a big, uh, obviously a big figure for them in goal, not only preserving 
the the draw at the end of uh, regulation and in stoppage time there, but actually stepping up big with a save and then one went off the post from Toluca in the uh, in the PK shootout as well. So um, really good from him. Now on to Nashville for the quarterfinal on Friday night. Speaking of Jan Gregish, maybe a good uh, uh, source of information uh, for Adrian Heath and Co. I don't think anything's stopping him from from revealing uh, state secrets. Uh, you know, he can't he can't play for the team on the field, but I'm sure he can uh, he can be somebody that they rely on to try to get an edge against Nashville on Friday. But but Don, before we kind of get into this Nashville game, your thoughts on just these last two matches and and two PK wins? You know, Loon's just surviving at this point. Yeah, uh, a, a crazy week. Two pretty crazy games. Uh, one in which Duluth, or <laughs> one in which uh, Minnesota sort of uh, show a lot of late grit and come back into the game, and one where they sort of suffer uh, from mm-hmm. Toluca doing the same. Um, in both games, uh, they they give themselves a lot of credit with really crisp penalty shootout performances. I yes. think um, with the Toluca game, that particularly stood out to me, just in the sense that. You know, you, you have that 2-0 lead. You have Toluca show some some real grit, some real determin- determination to come back into that game and, and force it into penalties. And then when you're actually at the shootout, it's only really Minnesota United that feel like they show up <laughs> to the mm-hmm. shootout. To be frank, Toluca um, never felt to me like they had any grip of, of that penalty shootout. So um, it, 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 that, that's a good show of mentality. Uh, some good goals in the mix, of course. Uh, some rough defensive moments, obviously, with the goals conceded. But... Um, you know, certainly a lot of moments to remember from those two games, certainly something to be proud of to, to whether it be a crawl or a run to get this far in this competition and put yourself in a position to, to stay competitive for the eventual title. Um, so, I mean, you know, especially in a season where there's been uh, a share of positives and negatives for Minnesota United, it, it continues to be very encouraging to see them put together such a, um, a, a full run in this competition, uh, really start to finish. A little bit of controversy at the end, of, or not even at the end, close to the end of the Loons Toluca match as uh, Hassani Dodson gets uh, initially not called a foul off a corner kick. Um, you know, there's a bit of a collision in the box between he and a Toluca player. Uh, Toluca player goes down. Dodson does not initially not called a foul, but they go to VAR for this. And VAR decides that it's clear and obvious enough to award Toluca the penalty and award Dotson his second yellow. So speaking of Dotson, he will not be available for the quarterfinal match in Nashville due to this. Uh, Dom, what, what was your what was your take on this whole um, penalty situation that that allowed Toluca to get the equalizer and now obviously will cause the Loons to miss Dotson for the quarterfinal? Yeah, uh, I, I didn't necessarily you know agree with the final decision. I think it is one of those where if the referee had originally called a penalty, yes. My thought then, exactly. then you go, all right, well, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. the, the, the fact that VAR, like you kind of, as you noted, decided that a clear and obvious error had been made in the call to not call it a penalty, that to me is a tough argument. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's kind of a foul. Um, and, and so I, I don't necessarily mind that they ended up getting the penalty, but the, the way the process got us there was a little dubious, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, certainly, certainly not a huge fan of, of how that played out. For what it's worth, again, you know, in the end, Minnesota did a very good job of responding to, to all those hurdles. But, but yeah, uh, n- not, not the most clear 
course in terms of, of refereeing at the end of that game. Um, and, and unfortunate, obviously, that, that Dotson won't be available in the next round. And to, to kind of pile on, the corner that led to this decision um, was not a corner kick. That was a referee error as well that led to the corner, that led to the foul that wasn't originally called a foul that VAR ended up overturning. So um, hard not to feel hard done by there if you're a uh, if you're a Minnesota United fan. But you can sort of look at that and sort of roll your eyes at this point. Obviously, losing Dotson for this match against, uh, against Nashville is, is big. Um, but in terms of it, determining the outcome of the match the loons do survive and move on and they are onto the quarterfinal against nashville now uh andy greeter of the pioneer press reported from training today that adrian heath sort of hinted that it will be joseph rosales that slides into that defensive midfield spot um and uh heath uh had told reporters today that he is more than comfortable uh that um ethan bristow has shown to be more than comfortable of taking that left back spot um on his own that Rosales had been kind of occupying over these, over these last couple matches. So um, that's kind of how things will probably go personnel wise against Nashville, but looking at the team that Minnesota will be playing on Friday, obviously Hani Mukhtar, the big name, only one goal so far for Mukhtar for the reigning MVP in this tournament. Nashville does have eight total goals though, from seven different goal scorers. And the only multi-goal scorer for this team, of course, is the center back Walker Zimmerman because that's how that works out. Um, and then defensively Nashville, uh, they've allowed eight goals in these four matches, three of those from the penalty spot. So a little bit of uncharacteristic defensively, um, but they are in the attack doing enough to make up for the lack of production from Mukhtar specifically uh, with a lot of different options and a lot of different guys putting the ball in the back of the net. Um, you know, it's not necessarily, you know, take Mukhtar out of the game and, and hope for the best for Minnesota in this one. They're going to have to keep her, keep their eye on a lot of different attacking pieces and evidently Walker Zimmerman in the attack as well, if they're going to to want to get by this one. Yeah. Unfortunately, teams like that are, are often, I, I think the teams that are hardest to prepare for, because like, like you're alluding to, there's, there's not necessarily a specific area to target your preparation. Um, and, and so that's going to be a big challenge for, for Minnesota United. That being said, you know, I, I've been impressed with their resilience um, against, you know, uh, very, multiple teams this tournament so far, say the Columbus crew in, uh, you know, going to an air, uh, going to an away stadium and surviving uh, and finding their way through, um, you know, a, a very talented team. Uh, and so, you know, it, it, it is going to be a very specific challenge, this Nashville attack. Uh, which, which, as you mentioned, is, is really beyond their actual offensive players, includes a center back. Um, but, you know, I, I think Minnesota United right now, at the very least, I think there's optimism because it feels like this Minnesota United team is in that sort of flow state in terms of problem solving right now. It very much feels like a team that is finding ways to solve situations um, on the fly in a very effective way game to game. Now it's included some wild rides, including, you know, the goals conceded at Columbus, for example, but uh, at the end of the day, they are getting the job done. And, and so to me, that provides a reason to be optimistic that they will find their way through um, the, 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 the talents and the dangers uh, in this Nashville team. Let's talk about how Nashville got here. Because <laughs> this is insane. If you haven't, if you've maybe heard about this, but haven't really dug into the details or you just have not heard about this at all. Um, there was 
not confirmation, but there was assumption, presumption all around that Club America had advanced in this tournament. It was on the League's Cup website. Minnesota United was tweeting about it. The Minnesota United supporters who opted in for League's Cup tickets had been charged for the quarterfinal game that Minnesota was going to play against Club America. That's how, like, sure everyone was that this match was over. Yeah. So here's what here's what happens. So um, it's five it's five four, Club America in the penalty shootout. Nashville needs to make their final penalty to send it to sudden death PKs. Basically, Jack Mayer for Nashville is there to take the spot kick. His kick is saved. So everybody thinks Club America has won this game. There are even reports, and watching the video, watching the match back, I haven't been able to confirm this. There were reports that the final whistle had actually blown after the save was made. Um, but in any case, Club America fans storm the pitch after this. In celebration, we have won. We're on to the quarterfinals. We beat Nashville, blah, 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 blah. The referee says, oh, no, 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 no. We're actually, the, the VAR actually says, oh, no, 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 no. We're going to take a look at this because we think that the Club America goalkeeper might have come off his line to make this save. Well, video review shows that the Club America keeper certainly did come off his line to make this save. It took a long time to make this decision, too. Uh, but they finally made the right decision that the Club America goalkeeper had came off his line so the penalty gets retaken. Club America supporters are like swept. Like, like if you think of like a broom, like you're sweeping. <laughs> like that is kind of what security had to do here to get these fans off the field uh, so they can finish out this match. Mayor buries the penalty to send it to PKs. And then eventually Nashville wins six to five in the penalty shootout. They move on. This is when things really start to take a turn. Beer, because, I mean, every match Club America is playing at this point in the tournament is basically a home match for them uh, because they have so many su- U.S.-based supporters. Um, probably the one of the largest contingents of U.S.-based supporters for any international club, including Premier League, yeah. including anywhere, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, so any match they play from this point on is a home match for them, um, basically. And so beer starts raining down from the crowd, the fans that are already on the side of the pitch are like yelling stuff as, at the Nashville players as they're going off. You have Gary Neville, the Nash or not Gary Neville. What is uh what is the Nashville coach's name? Not Gary Neville. It's Gary something. Looking this up. This is really bad podcasting. Sorry guys. Gary Smith, the Nashville coach, just like arms spread wide as he is walking out, just welcoming all of uh-huh. this, all of this. Um, according to Ben Wright, who writes for Nashville SC for, I think, Broadway, Tennessee, like the the word he got from security is that like 20 people had been arrested and there were like more, that was only like literally 10 minutes after the match that they were able to get that number and like more, they were, they were expecting more basically from that, just absolute chaos. But in any case, uh, <laughs> Nashville moves on. Minnesota will be going to Geodis Park on Friday. Probably not raining beer from the stands if they lose, no matter how controversial the the loss may be. Uh, but Dom, do you have any any uh, any thoughts on, um, on what happened in Nashville on Tuesday night? Well, I definitely have thoughts uh, in terms of the thoughts I want to share. <laughs> um, well, here's you know what I'll say. I'll say two, there's there's two things to to I think to uh, to say here. One is. To not to take both, not it's not a take both sides thing, but to address both, may address both sides. That's how I say. On the one hand, the goalkeeper went off his line early, hundred yes. percent. 
It was the I, know, I know there's debates on online about whether that happened. I, I, you can watch it. The footage is out there. He 100% has both his feet completely planted on the ground off the line uh, when the penalty is kicked. So that is a correct decision. Um, and also, the Cuba America fans should not have uh, gone insane uh, after the game. Uh, that's obviously not good behavior. The one thing I will say is, and I also do not know for sure if this is true, but I also heard it, that the referee blew the whistle after the original penalty was saved. Mm. The only thing I would say is, I don't know if he technically can call that back if he's already blown the whistle. Mm. I mean, I I think that technically isn't what you're supposed to do. Because once the game is over, I mean, this has happened before with other games where after the game they say, oh, LeVar missed something. But you can't go back and once the my understanding always has been that once the whistle goes, whatever happened in the game is locked in, other yeah. than appeals for cards and all that after, mm-hmm. um, which obviously don't you know go in, into action until after the game. Um, so my only little question mark would be to you know to to clarify that because I had also heard a lot of people saying that, and I would just be curious what the rules are in regard to that. I mean, it's too late to really, <laughs> they, they can't reverse the decision, but um, I'd just be curious. I'd just be curious about the semantics a little bit with that one. Um, yeah. Other than that though, um, absolute craziness. I, I think the one, the one thing that would have been cool about the original results is the fact that Minnesota would have hosted it, but um, Nashville in the end earned that, earned that win and, and continue a really eventful uh, run for them in this tournament. So uh, yeah, uh, a really chaotic way to, to come to the conclusion that we got. But uh, in the end, you know, Nashville, Nashville deserved it. Yes. And I mean, I think we kind of knew with League's Cup, with League MX and and, Mexi- and and MLS, there would be sort of there would be certain shenanigans yeah. like this that happened and things like that. And it certainly did in Nashville on Tuesday. But yes, it is Minnesota and Nashville Friday night, I believe. It will be 6.30 p.m. Central Time is the kickoff. I don't know if they've established a firm kickoff time yet, but. Nashville is, uh, I believe, actually Nashville Central Time. So it might actually be 7 or 7.30 now that I think about that. So uh, in any case, it is Minnesota and Nashville, and we'll have all your uh, your coverage afterwards at sodasoccer.com. All right, before we jump into MNUFC2 and some lower league stuff, let's talk about our friends over at Better Edge, B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com slash loons. And if you took the U.S. women, to win the Women's World Cup via Better Edge. Sorry, did not make some money on that bet. Dom and I both did it, though. Dom yeah. took England, and I took France. Or did I take England, you took France? I actually don't remember now. I took England. Okay, so um, I, I took France. France yeah. Yes. And uh, both teams are still in it, right? We're down to the round of 16. Um, round of 16 finishing up today, I think, is we're recording here. So we're still both in this thing. Um, and uh, you can do a uh, women's world cup pick them, you can pick matches, you can, you can bet matches from the women's world cup over at betteredge.com. B E T T O R edge.com slash loons gets you a $20 account credit. What is better edge? Uh, you might be thinking, Jeremy, betting's illegal in Minnesota. Yes, betting is sports betting is illegal in Minnesota, but better edge is not a sports book, they are a platform that allows you to bet with or against your friends or other members of the platform on better edge. So since you're not betting against Better Edge, since Better Edge does not profit off of your loss and you're actually betting with and against other people on the platform, that is what makes Better Edge legal to use in Minnesota and 47 other states. So if you want to get your sports bet on in Minnesota, uh, no better way to do it 
than our friends over at Better Edge. Again, B-E-T-T-O-R edge.com slash loons. Gets you $20 in your account for free, courtesy of our friends at Better Edge. We also can't forget Premier League kicks off this weekend. You can bet on EPL matches. Once the Champions League really gets going, you can bet on Champions League. Um, you know, anything going on in Europe. So check that out. Again, betteredge.com slash loons to get $20 in your account for free, courtesy of our friends at Better Edge. Big thanks to them for sponsoring the show this week. All right, let's go to MLS Next Pro now. M and UFC 2. Cameron Dunbar gets a brace in the Dublin's 2-1 win over North Texas on Sunday at the NSC. Emmanuel Uway and Devin Pedelford both started for the twos in this one as well. Uh, next up, a couple matches. Tonight, as we're recording, M and UFC 2 are in Los Angeles for a late 9 p.m. Central Time kickoff against LAFC 2. So you'll know the result of that one by the time you listen to this. And then they return to Blaine on Sunday for a 6 p.m. kickoff with St. Louis City 2. Um, Cameron Dunbar, you know, I think I think we've both been surprised with, uh, you know, his lack of minutes with the first team since coming aboard. But he's gotten, a, he's gotten a lot of big opportunities with the second team, and he's fully taken advantage of those, to his credit. I mean, he's doing what he has to do in the time he has been given on the pitch to try to make an impression and obviously keep his skills at top level and things like that. And he really showed. Um, against North Texas this past weekend with that with that brace. Um, just wondering, I'm interested to see if that maybe translates at all to the first team before season's end this year. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I think, you know, given the sort of uh, scenario that led to him joining the team in terms of the, the departure of uh, Aziel Jackson and, and all that sort of stuff that was going on, I, I think people did expect him to be a little more first team player. That hasn't happened yet, but uh, like we say with all these other guys that play with Minnesota United too, yeah, I give him credit for getting out there, getting those minutes in, getting those, uh, in this case, the, those goals in, uh, putting the work in, staying fit, staying active, and developing as a player. So, uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm encouraged to see him being active with the twos. It would be great to, to start to see a sense of how that eventually will translate into the first team. But until we get to that point, uh, yeah, very encouraging to see him in the mix uh, with them and very encouraging to see the team getting some results and, you know, making sort of a late season playoff push now in a, yep. in a pretty solid table position compared to where they were, you know, two months ago. Absolutely. Let's go down to the lower league now. NPSL, Dakota Fusions, Yu Sukanome and Duluth FC's Stefan Roeb make the national best 11 for the NPSL. Congratulations to the two of them. Uh, UPSL women, the conference winning Tonka Fusion Elite team, got some individual awards last week. Conference MVP, Avery Petty. Conference Coach of the Year, Scott Myers. And Conference Golden Boot, Ella Wade. So big congrats to Tonka Fusion Elite and big congrats to uh, Sukunome and Roeb uh, from Dakota and Duluth, respectively, for getting those national best 11 honors in the NPSL. Dom, these last two uh, topics are things that you have been writing about uh specifically and covering specifically so i'll kind of let you take the reins on mung ff and serious ballers to close us out here yeah for sure so uh the, the first thing we'll we'll chat on here is is the mon ff mon football federation who this last week uh took part in the uh kanifa asia cup kanifa is is the organization that the mon ff are a part of that provides essentially a fifa alternative for uh stateless or unrecognized uh, communities that want to have national teams. Uh, the Asia Cup, as you would imagine, is, is a competition that they've organized for their Asian members, uh, which the MONFF are considered. They're largely based in North America, but obviously a, a 
ethnicity native to Asia. Um, and so they went to Portugal uh, to play uh, two group games, and then they made the final uh, against two teams, one of which was Tibet, and the other was uh, Tamil uh, Ilum, I believe, okay. uh, which is uh, uh, ethnicity from Sri Lanka. Uh, they lost the first game to uh, uh, Tamil. Uh, Close game at times, but uh, that that team is quite experienced, and they ended up uh, winning three uh, nil after a really big second half. Uh, the Mon FF beat Tibet in a <laughs> completely crazy game that they led five one at one point and ended five uh, four after Tibet got like three penalties, um, and that was a crazy game. That game did see uh, the Mon FFs get their first competitive goal that was scored by uh, Nathan. Uh, Moa, who is a former Minnesota United Academy kid, actually. Um, so congrats to him. Congrats to the team on, on their first competitive win as well. Uh, that result, plus Tibet losing their second game, meant that they played uh, Tamil in the uh, final for this competition, uh, which they lost 3-1. It was, uh, I believe, 1-1 at halftime, and unfortunately, uh, two, two good goals in the second half of the opposition. Uh, lost the game for the 1FF, but uh, overall, a really good performance across the three games. A lot of development, a lot of good opportunities for players. Uh, obviously, a couple of goals scored. Uh, and the cherry on top of all this is that due to some adjustments uh, to, I guess, planning by Kunifa, they actually ended up giving both uh, Tamil and the 1FF uh, invites to the uh, Kanifa World Football Cup, which is the World Cup alternative that Kanifa hosts that was originally uh, intended for the winner of this tournament. And I, I, I guess some of the planning has changed on that front. Uh, so the Mon FF are invited. They have not said whether they are accepting that invite, but they are invited to the World Football Cup, which is going to be held in Kurdistan, Iraqi Kurdistan, in 2024. Um, so, yeah, all that to say, uh, a really cool, eventful tournament for them. This is an organization that, you know, I know has been planned for quite some time, but essentially came to fruition this year. Uh, got a couple friendlies in over the summer. Um, put this roster together, you know, bringing guys in from certainly from Minnesota and Wisconsin, but also from other parts of the U.S., uh, California, for example, but also getting in touch with um, members of the diaspora that live in other parts of the world as well. A um, lot of really cool effort behind this team. Uh, and so really cool to see them get out there, get some competitive matches in, really fun matches, uh, and also get some some goals and a win. So congrats to them on that front. We'll, we'll yeah. keep an eye on whether or not the uh, World Football Cup thing comes to fruition in terms of their participation. But uh, until then, again, a really cool bit of history that they've written for themselves. I know the, the community really got behind this team, and there was a watch party and, um, you know, sort of, known entities within the uh, modern soccer scene like michael vane for example were hosting a lot of, you know and getting mm -hmm. a lot of interactions about this and you know it, was, it sort of became a really a big event for for the Mon community um which is is sort of a, a quiet but very important part of the minnesota soccer scene so yes um yeah all, all of that just really cool stuff uh i suggest people go you can go find videos of the goals various places including my twitter but also other places they're they're around you can go find um and uh, yeah, just very cool. Um, the other thing, serious ballers. Yes, the other thing that we're gonna wrap up the show with here is serious ballers. That's a story that by the time this comes out, uh, will be will be out on the site, so you can go check out. Before you get into this, Dom, this might be like the best kept secret. And that's in what Minnesota. it felt like when I found it. Yeah. <laughs> 
that's kind of what it felt like when I found it. Yeah, this is a weird story that I kind of accidentally um, found um, that uh, we're going to have an article on, on the site about. So it's Serious Ballers. Serious Ballers is an organization uh, founded by a uh, Minnesotan man of, of Ghanaian uh, heritage named uh, Kwaku Amoa, who is based in the metro here. Um, he is a, a longtime member of the soccer scene in, in the Twin Cities Metro in the Ghanaian community, as well as in the lower league community. He's played for the Twin Stars. He's played for Twin Cities, played for FC Minneapolis. He's, he's kind of been around the scene for, for a good minute. Uh, and the organization actually started during COVID, but it's kind of come to fruition now in this last year as a option for players to train in a high level, um, just as, as small groups, five aside, six aside training sessions, 90 minute sessions that, and that's all cool. But what's very interesting about what serious ballers has become this year, as they've sort of made themselves more known on social media and kind of improved their branding and their outreach is that this organization that originally was sort of just Kwaku kind of trying to help out some of his MPSL buddies and that kind of thing um, has become this sort of bizarre mixture, bizarre in the best way possible uh, mixture of, college athletes high school athletes uh lower league athletes guys that have just left college guys that are you know with the twin stars or uh minneapolis city guys that are professional former professional uh it is this bizarre really cool network of talented footballers in the twin cities metro when i say pro you might be wondering what i mean by that that list includes uh, Abu Dunladi, who is currently back in Minnesota. He played in Albania for uh, half a season this last year, mm -hmm. but living back in Minnesota. Includes Roman Metanair, yep. uh, both of which have, at the point of publication, I think come to like six or seven straight meetings of this group. Mm -hmm. Actually, sorry, no, more than that. Six or seven weeks. It's important to note the really cool thing about Serious Ballers in terms of dedication is this group meets in the morning five days a week. That's insane. And does 90 minutes, no break. I, I went and I, I photographed their entire session. The only breaks in this 90-minute five-a-side session, uh, six-a-side actually on this day, was literally to go get the ball. That was it. There were no water wow. breaks. There was no pausing at all. Um, and this is, you know, when they, they call themselves serious ballers, and it's kind of a fun, silly name. It's also completely literally correct. This yeah. is a very, as much as it's fun, this is a, a very serious project in a lot of ways and and they are uh, very peculiar about who joins these sessions they want people who are you know are, are the real deal um who who are going to be able to keep up um and it's not all pros uh but before i get to that i will say you know th this morning i i noted that patrick wea and um Kane Kane clark, clark both took part in the session this morning so you have other pros like that uh annie williams comes to mind as, as a as a professional that's mm -hmm. that's trained with them recently as well um so this is a really cool group but it's not just professionals it's college guys it's guys that go to augsburg guys that play for minneapolis city it, it's a really cool range and for me one thing that was really cool about being there in person was i'm watching this this training session and it, it almost felt like i was watching like fantasy football for minnesota soccer because i'm watching mm -hmm. i'm watching abu Dunladi get marked by martin brown I'm watching Siddique Jabate, who was a uh, Mr. Soccer winner a couple years back with Park Center. He plays with the Twin Stars and he plays D1 College at Dayton. I'm watching him get marked by Roman Metanair. I'm, I'm, it, it's this bizarre, that's again, it's like, like, it was what surreal. We, this is like what people like us fantasize about, like, like 
Like, what if yeah. all the Minnesota and Minnesota adjacent players just came together right. and like played a game? What would happen? Right. Exactly. And that's exactly what it is. Um, and so it was really cool, kind of surreal, to be honest, to be there. Some of these were guys that, uh, especially the lower league and sort of high school adjacent guys, some guys were guys I knew. Obviously, I did not know well the professionals, um, uh, although I'll note that Abu Dhanadi was generous and, and gave me some time to ask him some questions. Um, but, you know, it, it's just such an interesting project. And it's it's something that I literally found out about by accident because I think their accounts liked one of my posts <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> And I went, this is interesting. And, and I, you know, I opened it and their, their, their account was relatively new. Um, but anyway, so it, it's a really cool project. I did uh, this photo article with some interviews. I interviewed uh, Kwaku. I interviewed Siddiqui and I interviewed uh, Abu Dinladi, uh and obviously the pictures as well and some other details. It's just a really interesting project. And um, Kwaku, to his credit, has, you know, ambitions to grow this to make this operation um, as, as effective and as available uh, as possible. You know, he, he talked to me about wanting to end up with, uh, you know, winter options, indoor options. You know, he had ideas about making some sense, sort of sort of tournament, some sort of sort of pro-am kind of thing out of all this in the future. Um, so a lot of ambition behind it as well. But so anyways, all of this to say, really suggest you check out the article. There's some cool uh, little tidbits in there and some photos. Um, and just a cool project to kind of check out. They're on Instagram. You can go follow them, Serious Ballers. Uh, and uh, you sort of get this um, glimpse into the sort of behind the scenes, I guess, of the Minnesota soccer player community, um, which you don't necessarily always see as much of as, you know, maybe the club community. Um, so, yeah, just just a really cool project that, like you said, is kind of out of the radar. Not, not a lot of people know about, although I think more people know about now. It's definitely growing uh and uh yeah it's really cool they're they're a great follow by the way because every morning after they finish they post a uh they post a very tired sweaty starting 11 picture of them lined up every time every day uh to sort of i think to sort of make sure people know we showed up this morning um but uh yeah just just a really fun thing that uh i'm i'm excited to sort of help people get to know i think sometimes you know especially when you have like one professional team in your whole state, if a guy goes out of contract with the team and you don't hear about him going somewhere next, you just kind of assume, I don't know, that guy went and did something. He's back home or yeah. like he's, you know, yeah. Or he's, and yeah, so it was, yeah. it was interesting to just sort of be around some of these guys, you know, Dinladi and Metanera specifically on this day and just sort of see these guys in their off season doing their thing. Uh, Dinladi's, you know, between contracts trying to look for where he wants to go next and Metanera's as well, but he didn't play with anyone this last cycle um although he did play for madagascar actually in the last international window but um so yeah i, I mean by the way just to re-emphasize the point this is a group where you have like you have kids that are you know recent immigrants five years ago whatever they just graduated high school and they're training with a guy that played at the last afcon yeah like it's 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 such a interesting sort of um pie chart of, of all these kinds of different experiences. So, uh, yeah, definitely suggest people check out the article, check out Serious Ballers, and and definitely a big thanks to Kwaku for welcoming me and uh, giving me the scoop. Right in our own backyard, and we probably didn't even know it was there, most yeah. of us. But uh, uh, one final note, very interesting that Caden Clark was uh, in that yeah. session. Uh, Bundesliga season starts in 10 days. 
So, uh, you know, connect connect the dots there, if you will. All right. He's Dominic Jose Bazonio. I'm Jeremy Rushing. This has been another episode of the 10,000 Pickers Podcast. Enjoy the the Loons and Nashville SC tonight. And uh, we'll be back next Friday to break down that match and any subsequent uh, League's Cup matches that Minnesota will play moving forward following that. Um, speaking of following, make sure you're following us on all the socials at Soda SOC, Twitter and Instagram specifically there. And uh, check out the website, sodasoccer.com. And again, if you want to take that next step and directly support what we're doing, directly support our work, directly support us supporting our staff, you can go to uh, Patreon dot com slash soda soccer and lend that support for as low as three dollars per month either way thank you guys so much for tuning into the show thank you to our sponsor better edge this week and we will catch you next week for another episode of 10k bye everybody have a good weekend